Guess what? We still don't have an intro. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like we've been doing fine without an intro. We have been. I think we still have an intro is our intro. Yeah. Uh, I mean, should we start? Yeah. Out of context summary in this episode, an entire police precinct gets roofied, Bigby gets distracted by a stripper, and Crane is kind of a racist, or to be fabulist, speciesist. Whatever it is, he's very negative about it. Are you frozen or are you not moving? I was trying to wonder if I should say this or not, but Crane is... The current situation of how it ended and everything, he's probably a rapist, too. (laughs) (laughs) Alleged. I don't know. I didn't know if I should say that or not, so I just kind of, like, sat there just thinking. Because we don't have enough detail, but the way it looks, you know, with the mirror mirror and everything, (laughs) kind of looks like a rapist. Oh, man. Um... (laughs) <laughs> Should we start with the opening scene? Yes, let's start with the opening scene. All right, so opening scene. An agitated Bigby is interrogated at the police station until someone comes to the rescue, which leads to an incredibly awkward car ride. D is interrogated and a surprise visitor interrupts at an unfortunate moment. Do you want to start or should I start? You should start. Okay, so the first thing I noticed, Bigby looks horrible his eyes are all red like poor guy is distraught and Mm -hmm. this detective does not seem very good at interrogating she like her strategy sucks i feel like she's trying to play up like let's be friendly kind of card but she just she's trying to befriend someone to get more information and that tactic is not going to work with biggie yeah is he the only one who got brought in because is it because he crossed the police line I think it might be them just starting with him. It seems like they're just on the, like, more of the gathering data phase. Okay. And so they're going to start with him. He's the only one that we see get rescued when Crane comes in and roofies the whole precinct. And by the way, did he actually do something helpful here for once? I don't think he's just being helpful. I think he's just being selfish. Crane is so annoying in this car ride. He's clearing his throat and looking over at Big V. Just say what you're going to (laughs) say. Talk to him. Eventually, Bigby sort of starts talking to Crane. He seems surprised when Crane says that he misses snow. Bigby kind of says what we mentioned about snow last episode, that she can be kind of callous. But it's because she just takes her job seriously. Before we move on from the car ride, Bigby said he didn't want to talk. But Crane kept trying to talk to him. And I thought that was just so disrespectful. But uh, is it any surprise that that's the kind of personality he's going to have, considering how annoying he is, <laughs> and later he's, like, a species? <laughs> so him just not being respectful of Big B is, there's no surprise there. Yeah, agreed. By the end of the scene, Big B's so annoyed that when he closes the car door, it breaks the window. So he's definitely in a mood. Crane and Bigby meet up with Bluebeard, and he is interrogating D. And then D makes this joke that just, it really gets to Bluebeard. He says, Oh, were you planning on using that? I just thought you really liked rubbing your little sword. And Bluebeard's reaction, it really gets to him. He seems so, I don't know, emotional and hinged. He doesn't seem like that's the best state of mind to be interrogating someone with. He's... A, a brute. He doesn't use his mind as well 
He just knows how to use his fists. And obviously, if they weren't working in the first place, if he got nothing out of D, then I don't know why he's surprised thinking that continuously punching him is going to get him any further. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's. I don't know what is up with him. He's definitely out for blood. I don't know why he's so angry. It seems like maybe there's some piece of information we don't know as to why he's so angry. But as the interrogation continues, he sort of slips up and says that he was looking for Faith's, and then he realizes what he's saying and sort of stops. We learn that she stole something from Dee's boss. There's that giant bottle of whiskey that was in Dee's personal effects. Where does he carry that bottle? Where does he hold that thing? You stick it in your pants. He says that Beauty doesn't like Bigby, or something along those lines, and... Bigby sort of questions him about it in his relationship with Beauty, and he responds, we're real close. What does that mean? Freaking creep. That's what he is. And at the end of the interrogation, this is when Bluebeard sort of loses patience and starts attacking D. and Bigby tries to stop him, and while they're sort of in a scuffle, the door opens, and guess what? Snow's back. Kind of... I have mixed feelings about this. Obviously, I like her character. I'm glad she's alive. But it's also her death was a cliffhanger at the end of the last episode. And then they so quickly reverse on that. Does that make the cliffhanger feel kind of cheap to you? What do you think? It makes me piss that they made the cliffhanger like that. <laughs> like getting suspense. It's like clickbait. Yeah. It's just kind of weak. It bothers me a little bit. I feel like they, they should have waited a little bit longer. But did you have any more notes on opening scene? I did. Um, during the drive with Crane, there's an ad on a bus and it says, will you be next? I don't know what it really means, but to me, it implies that are you going to be the next one murdered? And at this point, they didn't know that Snow is still alive. But still, it's two people dead. Yeah, I saw that too and I had the same the same thought. And it makes sense why Crane is just pushing Bigby so hard is people are freaking out in the area. Yeah, it makes sense that he's pushing him, but he's not trusting him, I think, to actually be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And then the next one I have is during the interrogation with D. They're asking him something about faith and he goes, my lips are sealed. We've heard that many times. So what is this? Is it a curse? Is it a spell that's placed on them? Because this is the exact same word. So you have to start thinking that it's probably a spell that makes everyone say the same phrase to refuse. Yeah. But then the question is, who placed that spell and why? Yeah, there is an uncanny amount of people who have said this. We've heard this too many times. It's definitely not a coincidence. One person who said it is dead. So something sketchy is going on here for sure. Scene one, Snow is rightfully tense but takes it out on Bigby. TJ is witness to a gruesome crime, and Bigby investigates some new evidence. So I first want to comment on the most useless security guard that I've ever seen. Does this man just sleep? I feel like if the security was doing its job, then maybe Snow wouldn't have died, if that was the real Snow. Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder. There's been two heads left on the doorstep here. Has he really not seen anything? I'm surprised Snow hasn't fired him yet. <laughs> I know. Maybe she doesn't have that authority. Maybe that's up to Crane. Snow is really mad at Bigby a couple times, and I don't understand a lot of it. I don't know why she's so mad at him for 
hitting D when he didn't even hit him? It was only Bluebeard. Is it just because he was mm-hmm. supposed to be in control of that situation? Why, why do you think she's mad at him specifically? I don't understand it either because if anything, she should be thankful that he's so mad and outraged on her behalf. And I think she does say a phrase, I'm not yours to lose. Mm-hmm. So we obviously know that he likes her. She doesn't like him being this controlling. And so I do think that they were together in the past. I don't know if they were like married and now divorced or what the situation is. It's like instead of having to prove someone to be guilty, everything he does, she needs him to prove that he's innocent. Mm-hmm. From context, what I've picked up on is Bigby's past handling of things isn't up to Snow's code or her standards. I think he's a little mm-hmm. rougher, a little less by the book. And that sort of goes back to his, you know, being the big bad wolf and people just not trusting him. I think maybe it goes back to just a lack of trust or even fear that he's maybe not even in complete control of himself. Of everyone, the only person that was uncomfortable with Baby acting like that was Snow. Even at the bar fights when he broke his human side and went more wolf side, people weren't really surprised that that's how he is, nor were they uncomfortable. I think it's just Snow, and I don't know if it's her opinion thinking that he could do better but she's the only one upset whenever that's the situation. Everyone else we see around him sort of instigates it. It's almost like they're trying <laughs> to get him in trouble. Right before she says, I'm not yours to lose, she asks him what they should do. And he said, we keep doing what we've been doing. And then she responds, okay, what am I supposed to do? Just sit around and wait for you to solve my problems? And I'm so confused. Why did she say that? I picked the option that said we. That's including you. So I don't know why she got so mad. I mean, I guess she's freaked out. I would be freaked out. I do agree that it seems like she did overreact a bit. Yeah. I understand why, but that doesn't change the fact that it's a bit of an overreaction. Because, again, he is trying to include her and respect her. I think maybe she's just nervous and that's why she's acting like that. Yeah, agreed. But then she says, I can take care of myself. I've been doing it for centuries. And I feel like that line has a bit more weight to it, maybe, than you would first Mm -hmm. assume. It sounds like she maybe has gone through a lot of stuff. And so you can kind of see why she might have an issue trusting Bigby or anyone with that background. And then in combination with her lookalike being murdered, you can understand a little bit more about why she's acting the way she is, but... I still feel bad. I don't know why she has to take it out on Bigby. He's like the one person trying to help her. I think it's because she's probably not comfortable taking it out on anyone besides Bigby. Snow and Bigby enter the business office to talk to TJ about what he witnessed. He saw a body get dumped and all he heard was someone saying, stop laughing at me. What about this situation of dumping a body would cause one person to laugh at another? It seems like a weird thing to hear during the dumping of a body. I don't know either. The only My original thought was that maybe TJ got confused and they weren't dumping a body. It's just he got confused with who was seeing it. But in the case, I don't think he would have mistaken it. So I'm thinking that they're probably chatting about something else. They probably dumped thousands of bodies before. So <laughs> that's why they can just chat about their other stuff. 
as they're jumping this body. Yeah, it's weird. It seems like a weirdly specific thing to hear. That's something we should keep on our radar. If, you know, anyone ever seems like they don't like being made fun of or anything like that, I think we should try to keep track of that. Mm-hmm. And TJ's really cute, too. <laughs> He is really cute. I hope he's going to be okay. He's definitely a little shaken up. He probably won't be going back to the river for a while. Makes you wonder what else... Like, what What do we swim by? What's under the water? Not even that. It's You can be walking by a serial killer, and he just decided not to kill you. Yeah. He killed someone last night, so he's, you know, he's not ready again. So, the tarot cards. There's a heart with three swords. In, in my opinion, reading three hearts, I think of it as three lives. And so far, two lives have died. So, between having the third heart... In the bus ad saying that, who's next? I do think there's going to be one more death. That's interesting. I like your interpretation a lot because it's way different than mine. Okay. (laughs) So that's really funny. I like that we have two very different interpretations. And that's why I like doing this with you. (laughs) Yes. I want to hear what you say. So I read it as because he picks it up and says, that's appropriate. And so my note was, does he say this because... Snow sort of just stabbed him in the heart by saying she's not his to lose. That was my interpretation. Anything before I move on to investigating the body? Nope. Okay, so after talking to TJ, Bigby, and Snow go to investigate the body that they recovered from the river. It was glamoured to look like Snow, and it's pretty creepy. She's definitely weirded out. At one point, she asks, do you think it was the same person? So I feel like we should address that question. Do you think it's the same killer? I do. Same MO with cutting the heads off. My first reaction is they hid this body and they didn't put the ribbon in her mouth. So I thought it was different because one of them, it seemed like they're displaying and one of them, it seemed like they're trying to hide because with the first victim, they put that ring tied to the ribbon in her mouth. So that kind of helped identify her. And so it seemed like they wanted them to know who she is. But with this one, I mean, it looked like snow. So that's the the difference I see that's interesting. Did this one have a ribbon and a ring? No, it didn't have anything. How should I say this? The ribbon, in a way, and we'll get to see some more of this. The ribbon indicates that someone's a prostitute, right? And whoever the killer is, assuming it's the same person, wanted to identify Faith as a prostitute but for this person glamoured as Snow, they probably either didn't know that that's not Snow, or maybe the person wanted to keep them thinking that it, it was the real Snow. And having the ribbon and showing that in her mouth after they killed her would be the thing that shatters their illusion. And that brings up a good question. Was the killer trying to kill Snow, or were they just trying to kill a person? that was glamoured as her, who was the real target. And then they find a glamour tube in her pocket, and it has a lock of Snow's hair and a picture of her. And she says, they probably broke into my apartment to steal this picture. And it was the last picture that she had of her and her sister, so that kind of sucks. Just think about someone stealing your hair and you not knowing. Way too creepy. Ugh. Shortly after the, uh, the tube gets opened... The body transforms. This is when Crane goes, should have left them all in the homelands. He's being a species. Exactly. And then later, 
they were discussing who might have done this, who might have been her client. And Crane says, well, certainly another troll. Let it go, Crane. So then they notice a tattoo has appeared on the troll's leg. And this is when they figure out they think it's Holly's missing sister, Lily. Before we move on, though, I just have to say I'm kind of impressed her shoes stayed on through all of this. Both shoes. Magic. Moving on to scene two. Another visit to the trip trap has everybody on edge until Holly learns of the tragic news. Snow is impressed by Bigby and he gets a new lead. So when we get there, we immediately meet Jack. First impressions are he's very annoying and does not know how to read a situation. That obnoxious behavior, juvenile behavior, trying to keep poking someone. Yeah, is that what he's doing? Is he trying to get a rise out of Bigby? Is he trying to instigate a situation? I think so. So they tell Holly about Lily, and she gives them some background information and says that she was hooking to pay back some debt. And then this is when she mentions Georgie. So this is, I think, the second time we've heard his name come up. And then... This is what we've been waiting for, Kathy. At around 42 minutes and 28 seconds, a sad Holly is walking. And this is when I thought I had noticed it a time or two earlier, but this definitely confirms it. They added boob physics to this game. And I mean, sorry, but really, at a moment like this, (laughs) this character was just told her sister's dead and we spent time animating boob physics. It's more, I'm pretty sure in the production room, they're like, how do we make the scene where we tell someone that they have a family member that just died more sexy? (laughs) Oh, let's add some boot faces. I mean, it just seems a little disrespectful, does it not? I mean, you're talking about people who decide to make prostitutes and strippers fully nude in the game. So Yeah, and that's, it's not necessary, but it's at least, I don't know in a situation where it makes sense. But this is just so unnecessary, and I have to wonder, maybe if they hadn't spent so much manpower on adding boob physics to the game, the studio wouldn't have gone under. You know, who knows how much money they had to, uh, to pay people to animate this. And you find the cat and tell them that it was a dumb idea. We don't have the budget for boob physics. How many times do I need to tell you? That's probably exactly what we said. It was non-negotiable, though, apparently. So after hearing Georgie's name, Bigby learns that he operates a strip club, and that's where he's going to head next. But did you have anything else in scene two? Nope. All right, so next scene, Bigby confronts Georgie, and a new character finds a creative way to show Bigby what he's looking for. Bigby arrives outside the puddin' and pie and runs into, I'm assuming, a stripper. A woman who has a very rehearsed spiel that she recites to Bigby. She says, discretion is our guarantee. So here is another moment where discretion, secrecy is being mentioned. She's also wearing a ribbon similar to Faith. She is wearing a ribbon. So, prostitute? (laughs) Is she one? I think so. But it also seems like so far one common tie is that these are all people who are in debt. Mm-hmm. Bigby makes it into the club where Georgie is training a dancer who we had to blur a lot of. And 
we're using free editing software and we don't really know what we're doing. And so this took me a while. <laughs> I had to see so much boob. Like every just scanning, like, is that a nipple? Blur it. Georgie's being kind of a, a butthead. He doesn't want to give Bigby much information. But he does say something that I think we'll we'll talk about more at the end of the episode, but he had already found out about the murders and he says that basically they their circle, they have to look out for each other because no one else is doing it. Georgie tries to ignore Bigby and turns back on his beloved boombox, at which point another character walks over, who we learn is named Hans, and Georgie thrusts the boombox at him and says, off Hans. What did Hans do? And then later he calls him a moron. He also says, Hans is confused, again. And then later says, even Hans knows that. This man is taking a beating throughout this conversation. What did he do to deserve this? He probably defended one of the girls. <laughs> well, later he kind of earns it, uh, from Georgie's perspective, at least, when he mentions a book that has appointments that all the girls make with their uh, clients. And so then Bigby has some information, a location on where Lily met with her last client. And during this, the stripper sort of peeks out from the back room. Before we get into that conversation with her, Bigby finds some things on the ground in the back room. There's cubbies, and one of them is Faith's. There's a like a jewelry box or something, and it's broken, but there's no lock on it. So why would someone break it? Was there a struggle? Was someone looking for whatever she supposedly stole? I think it belonged to someone else that previously there was a lock and someone tried to break into it, and she either inherited the box or someone gave her to protect the box. But I do, I think she's in a very dangerous position right now. Yeah. The common thread right now are all females, and so far, people who wear ribbons. So, the one who's helping Bigby, she needs to be careful. Because mm -hmm. with, with the theory of the three swords, it's very likely that she's next. Yes, and I think she is freaked out. She seems really defeated. She's not <laughs> very lively. This is when we learn that she is the Little Mermaid, but her name now is Nerissa. And then she starts putting lipstick on and, like, doesn't really stop for a while. How much lipstick is she gonna put on? An inch. It seemed excessive to me. It is excessive. So Bigby tries to question her and then she gives us that same line, these lips are sealed. And then later she says, can't talk about work. So is that a hint that this spell, whatever's going on with these lips are sealed, it's connected to, to work, to the strip club? I definitely think so. But she finds a way to communicate with Bigby. She asks if he wants to make an appointment with her and then brings back a key to a motel, which is the location where Lily met with her client. Like, what do you think Georgie thinks now? Because from his perspective, Bigby came in here to interrogate him, broke his TV... And then what, now he's making an appointment with <laughs> with a girl? He's onto it, but it's not like he can refuse business. <laughs> exactly. Also, I'm impressed that Bigby knew the difference between lipstick and lip gloss when he finds it on the floor. Probably from stalking Snow White. <laughs> it seems like something most men wouldn't know, but maybe I'm wrong. 
Also, before we move on, I know they're trying to, they're focusing on solving these murder investigations, but do they not care at all about the prostitution ring? Is it not illegal? I think, and this is going to sound terrible, but <laughs> especially with the fables and everything, these people have their own fantasies. <laughs> and then it's also, it sounds like a lot of people are struggling in the community, so yeah. it kind of forces them into that. Um, but any more notes? In- uh, did we make a comment saying that the Little Mermaid, she's also wearing a ribbon? So that's the third person we came across, the fourth person that we came across that wears a ribbon. Yeah. Here's the other thing. I had a note. What if they accidentally killed Faith thinking that it was Lily? Lily was killed while she was still snow. But mm-hmm. what if the originally Faith would just happen to be in the way and they wanted to kill Lily before she turned into snow? Well, it's an interesting question because Bigby does find a little nose. Thanks for coming. And yeah. says they saw the same. Cl- mm-hmm. So we know that they both saw the same client. So we don't know if that's the. Cl- mm-hmm. I, I was just making a note saying that Lily seems to have met this client multiple times. It's not the first time she's arranged it. I'm wondering if this already happened multiple times. They they cover each other. So it could have been Faith. It could have been Lily. It was a mix up. And so the mm-hmm. killer just decide that, you know what? I'm just going to kill both of them. All right. Final scene. Big B runs into an embarrassed beauty and a misunderstanding follows. The crime scene is discovered and Big B finds some shocking e- So my first note is, what is the cop? Nothing. <laughs> was, he, was he with the prostitute? Cause that's how- Considering him and the security, they don't do anything for the city or for the people. In terms of their their job duty. What are you doing? There's a bug (laughs) in front of me. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. so the cops do nothing for the people. They're doing stuff for their private (laughs) lives and everything. But in terms of for the community and what they're supposed to be doing, they they don't contribute anything. Yeah, they're being illegal in this case. Um, And then I like how he tries to hide his face from Big B, even though... He already got a clear look at his face. Bigby gets inside the motel where we find Beauty is working the front desk. And this is when we learn her secret that she is working here to pay back a loan that she took out to help pay her and Beast's rent. We hear the name The Crooked Man. And then Bigby asks, why didn't she go to him or Snow for help? And she says that she tried, but got no help. That was the one thing I was going to talk about was the overall theme is people have tried to get his help or Snow's help. I don't know if they don't have the resources to help or they just aren't prioritizing it. I don't know exactly what it is, but the overall theme is that people are mad at Snow and Bigby for not doing their jobs, Mm -hmm. but they're also kind of trying to do their jobs. They're just hands are tied. Yeah, let's talk about this now. I had it as as an episode look back, but this is the last mention we see in the episode of it, so it makes sense Mm -hmm. to talk about it here. And yeah, it's Mm -hmm. just, that's my question. It's what does, what role is leadership's failure playing in the events of this game so far? Because we had Georgie saying, we have to look out for each other. Basically, like, you guys aren't doing that. And then we have Beauty saying that she tried to go in for help and nobody listened. And then we also have Holly saying that she reported her sister missing 
and nothing ever came of it. And we also have Toad just being mad at Baby for choosing to go after everything besides him. Yeah. Like, whenever at the start, he always takes care of everything. Toad's the last thing on his list. Yeah, exactly. And Toad knows that. And it seems like they know it's broken. Snow wants to fix it. You can see how frustrated she is with not being able to help everybody. I mean, what could they be doing better? Is Crane getting in the way because he needs his wine and his massages? I mean, that's part of the problem. He's draining the resources that they have, but it kind of seems like Bigby's the only competent cop around. Yeah, for sure. It seems like he's the only one who can really enforce anything. But yeah, do you think that their their lack of being able to help is pushing people into these situations? My gut was to say yes, but they're also not to be blamed. I mean, they're not making the situation better, but they're not also the reason why it's it's the way it is. Yeah, so maybe people like Georgie are sort of stepping in because leadership is leaving those gaps and they're mm-hmm. they're using that space and that power that they get to sort of control other people. And so yeah, it's not leadership's fault, but they're leaving an opening for mm-hmm. Less savory people to step in and take some control. Yes. Beauty accompanies Bigby around the motel while he's looking for room 207. And when they're about to enter, Beast shows up and assumes they're having an affair. And yeah, it doesn't look good, but why would they go there to do it? And why was he there? Do we ever know why he was? Why why did Beast show up there? That's actually a good question. Why did Beast show up there? (laughs) I don't know. What were you going to do there, Beast? Did he have a prearranged appointment? Right? But it doesn't look good, and he gets mad, and they start fighting. Beauty says don't hurt him, so I intentionally missed some QTEs because (laughs) I didn't want to hurt him. And throughout all of this, they're trying to convince him, like, just listen. It's not what you think. But he's just too dense, and eventually he tackles Bigby through the door. And that's when they discover the crime scene. What are your first impressions when looking at the crime scene? Oh my god, what is this? <laughs> that, was, that was my first reaction. <laughs> and I, my second one is that, is there a dead body on the bed? that, Or like on the floor somewhere in the yeah. room? Kind of like, is there another dead body here? It's definitely intense. It's disturbing. We see a very bloody bed surrounded by a circle of flowers which appear to be the same flowers that they earlier found in Lily's hand. Bigby starts investigating the room. He finds cigarettes, and they're his brand, Huff and Puff. And so this is another thing I think we should keep track of. Does anybody else smoke this brand? Because they make a comment, I thought only you smoked that crap brand. But the other thing is that it seems like everyone knows that he's the only one so far that we know of that smokes... Huff and Puff. So, I mean, if they wanted to frame him, it's pretty obvious which brand of cigarettes they're going to put out. Bigby finds a packet of photographs, one of which he's in. He says it's from last winter. And the last photo is a picture of Crane uh, doing something pretty gross. <laughs> it's creepy. To Lily glamoured as Snow White, this guy. We already hated him. And this is when I give him his new name. He's no longer Ichabod Crane. He's Ichibod Crane. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> he is really icky. He is icky. And this mm-hmm. just confirms it. 
let's go down the idea, down the path that Crane is the killer. And considering how much of a jerk he is to Snow, was he just really rough with Lily and accidentally killed her? And then he just got, like, really sick and decided to decapitate her head? Or do you think he genuinely thought that Snow died? I guess, like, stepping and taking a step back, do you think Crane knew that Snow wasn't dead? Or do you think Snow was dead, in his opinion? I don't know, because he seems pretty sincere in the car, and I feel like what we know about him, he wouldn't be a good liar. Okay. There's a bottle of wine in the room, and it's the same bottle that Buffkin steals off of Crane's desk in Chapter 1. Dude, I didn't know that. Good observation skills. We see in the last moment of this episode, Crane is spying on Bigby using the magic mirror, which he then smashes with the magic lamp. And my question to you is, is he breaking the mirror to be smart? Or is it just because he's mad at Bigby? Uh, I mean, I understand the latter. I think it's just out of frustration. He's just too emotional to be able to do anything right now. So I, I do think that he's just doing that out of frustration. I feel like he's just pissed at Bigby. Which brings me into my next point, which I just have titled Icky Bod Crane. And I feel like all of Crane's behavior pre-reveal of this picture of him, it's really good writing because you can see he gets mad. He's got these weird facial expressions where he looks kind of nervous. And then he's got these <laughs> intense reactions and comments about the troll. And so I think, is he, is he embarrassed that he was canoodling with the troll? I think so. Did he even know she was a troll, or did he only see her glamoured? Maybe he's surprised. Also, back at the start of the episode when they're in the car, I, I made a note initially, like, he does not know how to not push Bigby's buttons. But now I'm wondering, mm -hmm. is he just jealous of Bigby's relationship with Snow? You know, even though they're not together, they're, they're close, and they get along. So is he just jealous of that, and he's kind of lashing out at Bigby in this moment? Or do you think he's just stupid? Which reminds me, there's also another scene where, when they're doing the autopsy, where he's, like, telling something about Snow shouldn't go. Yeah. And Bigby's like, oh, Snow can speak for herself. Mm-hmm. And that pisses off Crane. So I think he just has, it's just another reason for him to hate Bigby. My final point in the Ichabod Crane conversation is, he broke into her apartment. He took a lock of her hair. He stole her important photograph of her and her sister. He's horrible. He's a, a stalker. And then additionally, when Bigby finds the perfume on the body, Snow's kind of creeped out. And she's like, how do you know what perfume I wear? But he's like, it's his sense of smell because he's a wolf. But mm -hmm. then you realize, okay, Crane knew what her perfume was too. And he doesn't have super smell, although he might with that nose. He's so icky. What if he has someone doing this for him? What if it's not him? And and we know that the murderer isn't just doing it by themselves based on what TJ said. Yeah. Who do we think is behind this? I mean, Crane looks pretty bad right now, but like you said, it sounded like there was more than one person dumping the body. I don't know if it's killing, but I do think Tootledee and Tootledum are part of it. I don't know what role they play, but I do think that they're part of it. They're everywhere, and that makes them very suspicious. But do you think Crane killed Lily? 
I think so. I don't see any reason to not believe he killed her. It does not look good. <laughs> it looks quite a bit like he killed her. But then my only question with that is, why would he leave a picture of himself at the crime scene? Don't serial killers love having tokens or something like that? Or like some kind of sign-off? Maybe that was it. Yeah, but usually it doesn't reveal who you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right, well, in this episode, Big B smoked three cigarettes and also D's cigar. So I don't know if that counts, but current cigarette counter is eight plus one cigar. I think you should guess how many there will be in the next episode. How long is the next episode, Dean? <laughs> oh, you're asking, you're asking questions, huh? Because if it's a short one, that's not fair. All right, let me check. It's an hour 20 and 52 seconds, if you want to be that specific. I say he's going to smoke eight. Eight. It's going to be a rough episode, so I think. All right. I have written down your final answer, and we'll see if you're right. What are you guessing? Well, I've seen it before, so I'm not going to guess. That doesn't feel fair. But maybe I'll guess, like, the, the whole game. Okay. I'll write down a guess. Okay. So the whole game. Let's see. I'm going to guess 17. My eight is... Way too high, then. You already guessed. You, you can't change it. I wrote I it down. What if he quits smoking in the middle of the episode? <laughs> then he's not going to need his fridge anymore. Anything else before we jump off? Not that I can think of. All right. Well, Chapter 3 gameplay will be up shortly, and we'll talk about it next week. Count us off, Kathy. Okay. And we'll end in 3, 2, 1.